Hey everybody, thanks for tuning in to the Marriage is Tougher Than Woodpecker Lips podcast. This is Brian. And I'm Paul. We'd like to welcome you to a community meant for the men of the world to share our thoughts and perspectives on marriage. We can learn from each other's experiences and help each other be better husbands. Now, let's get right into the show. Thanks for tuning in. Today on the podcast, we talk about meeting our emotional needs. My takeaway today was pretty profound. Um, As a guy, when I'm asked what's going on or what's wrong, and I reply nothing, I don't actually mean that nothing is wrong. I mean that nothing in the grand scheme of life, in my perspective, is wrong or the matter. And that's why I reply nothing. And my biggest takeaway was being aware of what is affecting your emotions in your daily life. There's so many things that happen or affect our uh, emotions. And we need to be able to, number one, identify them and then communicate them to our wife so she understands how we're feeling in any given moment. All right, continue to listen for the full conversation. An emotional need is a state or condition that must be fulfilled in order for us to experience happiness and peace. Do you agree or disagree as we bring up this topic of meeting our emotional needs? Uh, I think it's, I think I agree for the most part. Um, I always get stuck on like happiness and peace because to me they're kind of different things, but for the sense of this conversation, I can roll with it. Yeah, not. I would say that, yes, they are different things. Um, Can both be had by meeting an emotional need? Maybe that needs to be part of the discussion. (laughs) (laughs) But yes, I agree Uh, that they are definitely different things. Um, I don't know if we necessarily have to get into the definition of happiness and peace. We'll just take them at face value for now. Yeah. Because we have more things to talk about. it it, It can be an and or an or. Yeah. Because sometimes you're at peace, but you're not necessarily happy. But, you know, we can roll with that. (laughs) Um, That's what Google tells us emotional needs are. So (laughs) we're going to roll with that for the purpose of this conversation. Um, But I think a main point or one of the biggest points is for us as husbands, right? This is what we talk about. Like, how do we meet our emotional needs? I think the the first step. I think for me, and I think we both agree, is that you have to acknowledge that we have different emotions and that we have emotions in general and be okay to talk about them. Um, So, But the first step is admitting we have emotions and we are emotional beings. So let's just get that out the way. We have emotions. We might know how to process them. We might not know how to communicate them. We might not know what they are. Uh, We may only think we have one emotion or maybe two, um, but there's a whole hierarchy of emotions. Um, So the second thing, if we're moving toward meeting our emotional needs, is we have to learn how to communicate um, those emotions verbally, right? Not just with our actions, because communication happens all the time, but we can't just let our actions dictate our display of emotions and leave it at that Um, because our actions are going to generate conversations whether we like it or not so we need to be able to also verbalize what what our emotions are agree or disagree i agree nice and what made me think of that is um a lot of times for guys right we might know we're angry and be angry 
And that is one that we can understand, right? We're, we're angry. Like um, calling how we out. display. <laughs> uh, now that you say that, no, <laughs> but you know, we can display our anger in many different ways, right? But how we, if everything makes us angry, our wife cannot help us process anger, right? Because she doesn't really know what emotion it is. If we're angry because um, someone didn't shut the door, but then we're also angry because we lost some money, and then we're also angry because someone said said something, you know, talked out of their neck about us. They also may have said something to our wife wrong. Like, if everything is anger, there's no way for our wife to help us through. And a lot of times we know how to, we know how to say anger is what it is, but it may be disappointment, right? It may be sadness. It may be grief, right? If we're able to verbalize, hey, I'm sad, our wife has a different way to help us with sadness. Or if we say, actually, this is disappointment, then our wife will come at us with a different way to kind of help us. Or if we're grieving something, that's another different way that our wife can serve us. So right, if we're just angry, there's like, okay, now she's basically shooting a dart on how to start with trying to help us. But if we say, man, I'm really sad, then she can process what makes us sad. Now if this goes in the sadness bucket, how can I help him when he's sad? Um, your thoughts on that? Yeah, I mean, this was something that I struggled with for a long time and uh, still to this day, but what I am learning and have learned is the more we communicate with our wives and the more we have this open dialogue of you know, our day-to-day interactions um, and the things that are going on in our lives, right? Maybe it's not something that has happened in the home or in that immediate area. Maybe it's just something that happened at work. Um, the better informed she will be to be able to react in the right way, even if all we are showing is anger, right? If she has knowledge of what the root cause of what made you mm. angry is, then she could even help you to explain it to yourself, which I've needed in the past. Like, no, you're, you're you know, you're just mourning the loss of something or, you know, you're, I don't even know. I'm looking for an example. Um, you know, maybe you were jealous of someone who got a promotion over you or whatever, you know, whatever the case may be. But the more information she has to go on, the better equipped your wife will be to, uh, you know, really back in as I've needed her to do so many times in the past. Right. That's amazing. Your wife is the real MVP. That's Always. All I about that. <laughs> so I, um, I also wrote down whose responsibility is it to meet our emotional needs? And you had some thoughts on that or a thought on that. <laughs> I really have one thought. Um, and, uh, you know, Hit me up if you don't like it. But um, my thought is it's, you know, it's our responsibility for everything in our marriage as husbands, as individuals. Um, we cannot lean on someone else to meet our needs. We can, they can aid us. They can support us. They can push us. But at the end of the day, we have to be able to be healthy individuals by ourselves healthy individuals individually um, and to, to make, to be the best, to show up the best with our marriage. Um, not to say that you don't need coaching, support, um, help, guidance, any of those things, but deep down, we can't lean, we can't have excuses. We can't have outs. 
because we want to point at someone else. We have to focus on ourselves to be the healthiest version that we can be. And that's, I'll get off my soapbox now. <laughs> um, I like it. And it, it flirts with that idea of happiness, right? We, mm-hmm. when we're younger, are, I don't know if we're taught this or just expected. I don't know where it came from, but we think that someone else in the relationship with us is supposed to make us happy, right? And I, I think you agree with me that you have to find your own happiness, right? You, it's, it takes some work to be able to identify how that all you know fits together. Um, mm-hmm. But you can't expect someone else to make you happy. And like Paul said, you can't expect someone else to create your emotional stability. You can give them clues and uh, information on how they fit into the picture to, I want to say, help maintain that. And as a, a marital partner, to some extent, it is their responsibility to, I want to say, see, now I'm, I might be crossing the line here. I, I want to say it's their responsibility to make sure that whatever their capability is of meeting an emotional need is taken care of. Right, so maybe this conflicts with what you said a little bit, and we'll 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 discuss that. Um, but I think without us as men being able to first identify and uh, communicate what those needs are, then you know this is basically all for naught. So what I hear you saying, let me say, so I can start there, and maybe so what what I. Th- think you're saying is our partner has a responsibility to create a safe space for us to communicate and have conversations about our emotions. Yes. And their responsibility is to foster that space. Yes. Is there another caveat to that? Yes. <laughs> okay. All right. So I'll, I'll reverse it, right? And I'll put us both in the scenario. Um, it could be said that an emotional need for our wives is to feel safe. Would you say it's your responsibility to fulfill that for her? That's a good one to say. Um, it's our... And, I see and, and what this, you're saying. Let's do everything that you can. Like, right. Right. The, the things that we're do capable everything, of. Like, yes. So I should be able to, I can't make her feel safe, but I can foster a safe environment. Right. Right. Because sometimes if you, if someone, like if my wife had had trauma where she, it's very hard for her to feel safe, I can foster a safe environment till the cows come home. And maybe everyone else that comes in and sees our relationship, sees our home, all that, um, they're like, man, this is like an awesome, safe space. But if she has trauma that she hasn't dealt with, there's nothing I can do to make her feel safe. But I can try my hardest to foster a safe environment. Mm -hmm. So I see see what you're saying. Yeah. And then we're even getting to Is that more... Is that more on the line of what you're saying? Yeah, absolutely. Like you got to do everything that you can, but it's not your responsibility per se. 
but you do have a responsibility to make an effort to give them I don't I don't know how else to say it. give them what they need but it's not that <laughs> <laughs> love I it can't. I love this conversation uh, so yeah. where where my mind's going is you know we, let's get even a little bit further past let's say our wife has had trauma but now she is starting to deal with it or has dealt with it right and she's mm-hmm. communicated to us now these are the things that I need in place in order for me to feel safe right now obviously she has a responsibility to make those make sure those things are in place um but it's also our responsibility to help make sure those things are in place whether it be systems of processes um processes yeah processes um whether it be you know uh just a i can't say mindset but i, I think you could probably pick up what I'm getting at, right? If she communicates to me, hey, um, it would make me feel safe if we had X amount of money in our bank account for emergencies. Mm -hmm. Obviously, that's something we're going to accomplish together, but I have to play my role in that right, to get to that goal. No, yeah, that makes perfect sense. And I'm thinking, so where... I think where I'm saying it's our responsibility is like she took on the responsibility of of figuring out what that need is. Yes. Right? Like she figured out these are the steps. So like that was her responsibility as a partner. Now, you know, you come in and are like, okay, great. You've identified this is what it is. I'm going to help in whatever way I can. So I wouldn't say it's you're not meeting her need because she's figuring out what that need is. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't, it's a, it's a weird conversation space, but I think we're saying the same thing. I think so. I, I that think makes sense. maybe where it's, we're stuck it, is the transition from identifying the need to fulfilling the need. Right. Right. I, I can't identify for her what she needs to feel safe. Right. She can identify it. She can communicate it. And then within my capability, I'm going to provide everything I can to ful- fulfill what her need is. Right. Right. She she also has some responsibility in that. Mm-hmm. A lot of that started with, again, like we said, identifying it and communicating it to me. Um, and then she's also going to have a responsibility in fulfilling it for herself. Right, because I can't. Depending on what the scenario is, I can't always be there. Right, in order for mm-hmm. her to feel safe. Um, but if she came to me and said, you know, hey, I need X, Y, and Z, maybe I can provide X and Z, and then it's going to be on her to provide Y. Mm-hmm. Right, but she can't hold you hostage to. She can only hold you hostage to what you agree to. Right. She That's can't fair. say, um, you know, I need X, Y, Z, and you're going to provide X, Y, Z, and I'm looking for you for X, Y, Z, and that's it, right? She can't identify and then put it all on you to be the fulfiller. Right. Like, she's got to, I think that's ultimately where our land is, like, once we know what our needs are, we can't just look to someone to fulfill that without having any responsibility for ourselves. Yeah. Yeah. 
All right, we got there. That's, yeah, <laughs> well, we, that's we're good there. Um, I think an, an important part as far as our emotional needs is also um, being able to hear how our emotions affect our wives, mm-hmm. um, because as we're working through, uh, and even this, I, I mean, I could I tell everybody like you can do and say whatever you want, but you also have to be ready for. The ramifications of those choices right um so if you're gonna fly off on the handle and be aggressive with someone physically and you didn't know they were an mma fighter and you get knocked out <laughs> or you get your wrist broken like that's on you yeah. like you're welcome to initiate that that assertiveness or aggressiveness physically but you have now reaped the consequences of self-defense right so <laughs> you know what i mean um so you have to be able to hear, and it's a way for us to realize that we need to manage the communication of our emotions, right? So when we're angry, we need to verbalize that we're angry, not punch every wall in the house, not scream at everybody, um, not kick the dog, you know, because all those things are now like, oh, I am now unsafe. I am now unsafe when he's angry. So now we need a contingency plan on how to get, you know, how to process this, whether it's we're, we're now leaving, whether we're now giving ultimatums, whether we're now, you know, all these unhealthy spaces because we haven't figured out how to express our emotions in a healthy way. Yeah. And you got me thinking of this instance that legitimately just happened last night when my wife got home from work. And what I want to talk about is being aware or attempting to be aware of the things that might be affecting your emotions, right? So let me just kind of set the scene here. She was walking in the door from work. I'm sitting on the couch. I'm watching a show on Apple TV, right? And this show has been all about, um, you know, someone who was murdered, you know, a good guy was caring for someone and now they are trying to find out, you know, who did it. And within this, I'm realizing now that it affected my emotions in a way where I may have like felt a little bit of anger and a little bit revengey, right? And my wife walks in the door and she's like, What's wrong? And like once I took my attention away from that into her, I was like, nothing. <laughs> Why? <laughs> right. And like she may have thought that I was mad at her for some reason. But I was just engaged in this show I was watching and feeling what, you know, the producers of the show, I'm sure, wanted me to feel. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Right. This is why we fall in love with these shows and want to watch them and, right. you know, engage mm-hmm. with them and can't wait to get to the next week for the next episode. Um, but there's so many things that, you know, pour into us throughout our daily lives that can affect our emotions. So, you know, Practicing being aware of what those things are is major, right? And, and like that was something so little, and that nuance my wife picked up on immediately when she walked in the door. Yo, that is such a good take. <laughs> like that is, oh my gosh, we have to be so aware of what is, what's going on around us, what we're taking in, what we're seeing, what we're allowing our emotions to be attached to. 
Oh, man. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. <laughs> that That is really, a, that's a, a check right there for sure. Yeah. So, I I mean, we've got a couple more minutes here. So, I, I feel like I just kind of want to spitball back and forth about some ideas on how we can practice being aware. You know, um, off the top of my head, uh, keeping a journal of emotion changes, right? Let's say you're at work and they they dump a huge sack of stuff that you got to get done by, you know, three o'clock and it's one thirty, <laughs> right? And like it just flips a switch and you're like, oh, I can't, mm. right? Documenting something like that, and not only that it happened, but how you initially dealt with it or how you could plan to deal with that emotion change in the future. Um, and then maybe even just if you struggle to deal with that in the moment, talking to a, a therapist about mm-hmm. being able to better manage that. Uh, what are your thoughts? <clears throat> no, I mean, yeah, if you, if you have problems writing, um, you know, maybe step away and take a voice note on your phone and just get it out because I'll take what 30 seconds of a rant. Yeah. <laughs> you know, state what the situation is. Even if it's like you're talking to someone, I can't believe these fools dropped this knowing I got this done and it's three o'clock and and then once you get that out, like it'll feel better. Sometimes just saying something out loud helps. Um but yeah if you document like okay, just got a stack of stuff that needs to be done by three, it's one o'clock. Go on your rant say what it is, go back. Um, then you can reflect on it um, later. So don't let the journaling be a, something that stops you. If you're like, man, I can't even read my own writing, which is me, guilty as charged. Um, <laughs> maybe it is better to do a voice recording or something of that. Um, I like that. That nature. But yeah, I mean, I think as far as um, marriage with our wives, like, um, when be attentive to when they ask us what's wrong, um, that's a good way to evaluate outside circumstances. Cause in like, if, if nothing happened, right. If you're just watching a show, you're like, nothing's wrong. Like nothing happened. And then kind of evaluate what that space of nothing is. Right. And what, what preceded that, you know, maybe go like an hour or two before like, if you haven't seen your wife, so she wouldn't know, like, what happened in the last couple hours that would make her ask that? <laughs> and then really be willing to kind of dive deep in yourself. Yeah. And, I mean, that could be her thought process as well. Like, what happened when I was gone that's got you feeling like this mm-hmm. right now? Right? And I, reflecting on it, I should have been better in that moment to be able to say, like, oh, I'm just watching the show. It's got me in my feelings about, let me tell you what happened. Right? Mm-hmm. And then she would have been able to better understand um, and not have to go off on her own and think like, uh, you know, maybe it's something I did or maybe something happened with the kids that he doesn't want to tell me or, you know, maybe mm-hmm. the neighbor doing something stupid. Right. All these different scenarios that I'm sure probably ran through her head. Um, you know, she, it's not fair to her to have to internalize that. I should have been able in that moment to say, here's what it was, you know, it, and yeah. I'm- in my man brain, I'm thinking it suffice just to say nothing. Right. Not not say nothing, but 
my response being right. nothing's nothing. wrong. Yeah. And I think even that, you know, just to take that exercise even deeper is instead of just thinking about it to yourself, like, like, okay, this is what happened in like the last hour and a half. And then just even walk through, okay, I made a sandwich. I got my drink. Oh, I dropped the ice all over the place and had to clean it up. And now this ice baker is like the second time or, you know, something like that. Like, you know what I mean? So the case in point, the scenario, right? Um, we have two animals and they act like they like ice. So my daughter being nine, you know, she'll get water out of our ice dispenser on the fridge and she'll drop ice for the animals, right? Once the animals are done, they don't clean it up because they're animals. <laughs> Once the ice is done, it's not cleaned up because my daughter's nine. So guess who walks in the kitchen to a puddle of ice, right? So if I walk in and get my sock wet, <laughs> I am furious, furious. So if, if my wife was to walk in and say, what's wrong? I could essence say nothing. Like even if it's like 15 minutes from when I step on, because if I haven't changed my sock or if I've had to change my socks. Okay, scenario. I walk in, ice is now a puddle. I step in it. I walk upstairs to change my socks. In essence, nothing has happened in my mind, but I'm now fuming and my wife picks up on it. Like, what's wrong with you? Even if she says that or what's going on, why do you feel like that? And I say nothing, but with an attitude while I'm changing my socks, like that doesn't help. Right. But if I say, oh, nothing, but this is what just happened. I went downstairs and stepped on like a puddle of ice and not to change my socks for the seventh time today. Like that gives context and that helps me work through what, yes, I'm mad, but I'm not really mad. I'm, I'm frustrated because I had to clean up ice or that no one cleans up ice in the house. You know, in my mind, that's what I'm thinking. So like, it's more of a frustration than an anger, but it's coming off as anger because, you know, I'm upset. So, so it's like, yeah. you know what I mean? I was just thinking, how many times has your wife told you, I'm not a mind reader, right? And, it, and it's one thing to say after, as a response, like, oh, nothing. And it's another to say what typically my actual thought is. In the grand scheme of things, nothing's really the matter. I'm just upset in a moment, and it's going to pass in the next few minutes. So if I have that few minutes... <laughs> It'll be over. I'll be fine. I'll get back to doing what I was doing. <laughs> that is, in essence, what nothing means when a man says nothing. <laughs> right. It's like nothing in the grand scheme of things that really count. Yeah. Like, that is, <laughs> that is, that's what I mean when I say nothing. Like, it, it, it doesn't matter in the grand scheme of things. But what if we take the stance that it does matter? Everything matters in the grand scheme of things. If we change our perspective of that, then we can be more emotionally mature. And it matters to her because she is concerned about your well-being. I mean, that's yeah. why she asked the question. So consider your wife. That's it. Mic drop. <laughs> well, we are right up on time, so we might as well end it there. Yes. Thanks for listening. If you got any value out of this episode, we'd like to invite you to rate, follow, and review on your favorite podcast platform. If you would like to be a guest and want to have your questions answered, hit us up on our website, marriageistougher.com, or follow us on Facebook, searching Marriage is Tougher Than Woodpecker Lips. Thanks again. This is Paul. And this is Brian. We will talk to you next time.